take it. and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's, let's get right to it. All right, everybody, the NBA playoffs are underway. And man, we are seeing some kind of shows, of course. We got Bob Ryan, Jeff Goodman. It is the Ryan Goodman Pod. I'm Gary Tangway. Brought to you by Bet Online. We are going to leave with the Celtics because it was one. If you would sweep, forget about it. I didn't. Even, I didn't see this coming at all. But our part, partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest in sports developments, including updated odds and the playoffs, uh, fights, and even the next season's futures. Hey, baseball! Don't forget it. Bet Online for that. Bet Online. Is your source for sports wagering needs, live betting, your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Go to the website today. Use your mobile device. Use the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, I'm going to um, do a, an apology to the Celtics. Uh, I, didn't, I thought this series with the Nets would go seven. And I just... For me, and I've been taking a lot of heat from Celtics Hawks, but that's fine. But to me, until you beat the big stars, you know, you're still in doubt. And I thought it would go seven, but I thought, quite frankly, Durant was the big surprise. You know, Durant finally showed up in the final game, but I thought Durant would carry the Nets with the help of Kyrie over a very good Celtic team. Jeff, I'll start with you. What went wrong? What went right? Yeah, I mean, I was wrong. You know, and, and obviously we questioned the Nets and whether they could guard anybody, but we didn't question whether Kevin Durant would show up and be effective, right? I mean, we felt like his offense would be better than the number one defense in the NBA. Well, it, it was not. And they frustrated him and ultimately uh, got KD thinking too much. And he said that. It, it was overthinking on his part because everywhere he went, uh, there was somebody, and they were long – and, and athletic, other than maybe Grant Williams is not the most athletic, but everybody else is seemingly long and athletic on this team. And they just had an answer. They frustrated him early. And listen, the Nets just don't have a third guy. And if you don't have a third guy and you're number one or two, one of them are off. And, and they had times in the series when both KD and Kyrie were off. You're in trouble. And, and team won over individuals here is ultimately what it came down to. Right. Team and chemistry, which we never thought we'd say of this Celtics team, won over individual play. And I don't want to say selfishness because I don't think KD's selfish. I actually thought he was probably too unselfish in this series. I, too, called it differently. I said Celtics in a hard six and maybe a seven. But a hard sick. I thought, who, 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 somebody had better provide some empirical proof that he or she predicted this the way it panned out. Somewhere in this world, that someone of, of consequence actually or, or intelligence actually predicted the Celtics would sweep. Now, I have a question. Uh, first of all, before I get to addressing uh, Durant, gentlemen, uh, would you have been more impressed with this had one or two of the games been? thorough routes or are is the fact that they won four competitive close games more impressive to you 
as an achievement. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on, on the close games because they've won enough routes this year. Right. And, and I think you're going to be in close games against Milwaukee. You're going to be, if you're fortunate enough to get past Milwaukee, and I think it's going to be Milwaukee, but um, to play Miami. And I think you're going to be in close games against whether it's Miami or Philly. So you might as well figure out how to win close games when it matters. And, and I think they did that in this series. And yeah, that was a question about them earlier in the year. They, right. they, they, they had a, a woeful record in close games for a, a great Correct. portion of this season. Well, because Tatum, the difference, Bob, the difference is Tatum would get the ball and he would end up taking some bad shots. Let's face it, some bad decision-making on Tatum's part, whether it was that he didn't know what to do, his, his dribble wasn't quite tight enough that he could kind of get where he wanted all the time. And even if they doubled him, he would force things. Now it's like, all right, double me, guys. I trust my teammates. I'm going to move the ball and get an easy shot for Marcus Smart. And you know what? If he doesn't have one, he's going to move the ball. So I, it all starts with Jason Tatum in his decision-making at the end of close games. Yeah, yeah we've thought that in you know, you, know you know what flashed in my head, and I hadn't thought about this individual in any context in the, and, you know, for any reason in months, you know, when you talk about that haphazard dribbling, they're not tight and doing the wrong thing. Antoine Walker, yeah, the, yeah. the ultimate player whose hole did not come close to equaling the sum of its parts. But anyway, um, yes, um, the play that ended game one, it was no possible way would have transpired in the months of November, December, and January, and even January probably. No the play that ended game one was not part of anything they could have done. That that's some that told us right then and there how far they had advanced. Okay, there's there's so, no doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt. And even I think I believe game four, the final game, the Nets would get back to what four or maybe six, and the Celts would pull away. A couple of baskets are up by ten. So even when the Celtics were up by six, Bob, I felt the game wasn't in doubt. I call them accordion games, accordion moments. You know, squeeze back in. And then out, you know, they, 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 they pulled the, right. They, they had the answer all the time. Oh, and, and right down to the games, game four, it got down to one, but they made plays you know, after, after he found out. And by the way, uh, on the scale of one to 10, the call <laughs> 10, 10, 10. Out was a 11. So bad. And, and ought to result in that referee being sanctioned by the, ref, by, by the, 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 the officials. You know, they, they have to, he's got the, 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 there's got to be a punishment for that. It's not just the context of the time where you know you have to, you know how I feel about refereeing and time. And, but it was the, oh, the guy falls down and he falls down because the other guy fell down and then they foul him out of the game. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Well, um, but the league sanctions it. I mean, this, we could go a whole other direction, but the league wants a game five, right? I don't want to, I don't want to, I know who wants a game five, probably the ownership of the, you know, I always say that the ownership of the team, does the owners, do owners of a team up uh, with the home court advantage up 3-0, are they really going to cry if they lose game four and have to come home and play a fifth game at home? Not if they can beat Kyrie and send him out at the TD Garden also. I've always wondered about that, but a couple of million a game. I mean, it's a a couple of million a game. I'm proud. I'm proud of the I'm proud of the Celtics for a the way they handled the, that last week the last game and, and, and where, whereas Milwaukee went in the tank they chose not to 
and and were amply rewarded for their virtue by by the way that uh, just the net series turned out. Okay, so, so can the Celtics? So can the Celtics go? I'm not going to say I'm not. Well, sure. Can they go all the way? Let, let's just go next series. Forget about all the way. <laughs> Forget about all the way. Let, let, let's let's be the pro the, the coach, right? The the veteran coach. Let's take it one series at a time. Right, Bob? Oh, Jeff, let's you're remember, just so reasonable. Let's remember where we came from. Right, exactly. If, That's if, right. We could, if we could go back to the year and my proclamation after like three games, here's the Celtics, guys. They're annoying. Remember I said that? Yeah. Yes. They're annoying, oh, yeah. which they were. More than once. And now – I, I'm like a proud, feel like a proud papa watching them play. It's so much fun to watch them play. But I, I like Jeff. Don't want to get ahead of the game here. Uh, you know, right? I'm just enjoying it now. I, I know I'm usual. I'm a hard marker in this, and and many people hate to hear. Right now, for me, they are officially playing with house money. Officially playing with house money right now, and yeah. and I'm happy. And I, I, I will. I, I'm telling you. I promise you. I will be able to live with them not getting by Milwaukee. Uh, or or Miami, who I really respect. The more I see Miami, I think about Miami. You know, they're so solid. I mean, what they're doing, and they can absorb. They have so many weapons. Duncan Robinson had a game earlier in the series where he was eight for, you know, eight threes. And he's had two snickeroos since then, including last night when he was 0 for 5, all threes, of course, you know, in 12 minutes, contributed nothing. He had another game where he contributed nothing. Well, okay. They got other guys. They got so many. And they didn't have. I'll go one further. Bob, I'll go one further for you. Victor Oladipo didn't play for two weeks, didn't play. And he comes up and, and I think he got like 40 in the regular season finale, which was a nothing game. Yeah. But obviously he's not the same player that he was before the injuries. And last night he was the best player on the floor on the offensive end. And Oh, by the way, he shut Trey young down. Oh, at well, the end that's of the game. A, we'll get to that. We got, I want to get to that yeah. Trey young thing, but yeah, you're right. So anyway, folks just enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, you can dream a little bit. I can't prevent you from dreaming a little bit, but but just enjoy it. I mean, it's it, it's just don't stress. You know, I mean, I don't want the people ever coming down on them if they do no more than what they've done. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hear any negatives about it. They, they, this is the way to do it too, Bob, isn't it? As long it? as they keep playing, they're playing. As long as they keep stick to the program, you know, right? Do, Which do, they're not going to stray now. Don't deviate. Right. Don't no, go no. back to the Antoine Walkerism. You know, go back to do play the way you're playing. Which now one more I have to throw this out. I thought one of the great, obviously one of the great sub benef- side benefits of, of sweeping was extra time off for you know who the big guy. Yeah, like I'm yeah. rooting for the Bulls, although the Bulls are so depleted. I don't know they could beat you know. Everybody. Not in Milwaukee. But but that's going to be Milwaukee, and but all the time they, they can get to get because Robert Williams isn't fully ready yet. You know he needs to. Oh. But it, it, if they're go- whatever, you know who's to- not ready yet. You know who's not ready yet. Chris Middleton on the other side, and that's a huge, huge difference maker in this next series if Milwaukee holds on. Is Middleton's out with that, I think it's a sprained MCL. Yeah, um, He's out for the rest of this series. They don't know when he'll be back for the second round. Um, so if they don't have Middleton, as I've said, Middleton is, is the Robin uh, to Giannis being the Batman. And he's so understated in everything he does. Mm-hmm. But so vital to everything that the Bucks did, have done, will continue to do in terms of trying to repeat. Before we, I don't know how much more we want to go on the Celtics, but I want to cite one guy that um, he, he just deserves Grant Williams. Grant Williams 
you know, first of all, so he's money in that corner. We know that, which, yeah. and, and I, I keep, I was explaining to my, my wife, you realize this is a man who started this career over 25 on threes. <laughs> and unlike a certain elongated uh, mental health, not, uh, troubled young man in, who now does not play for the Nets, unlike that man, he obviously went to work to, to rectify his, his, his yeah. situation uh, and become a better shooter. Uh, unlike that other guy who uh, has never seen fit to bother to uh, improve his game. I won't mention any names, sure. but uh, you know, anyway, but, and then the, the defense, the defensive, he's so solid. He is a basketball player. Yeah. I keep saying, I wish he were six, nine. I mean, well, if he, he, Hey, if he were six, nine, Bob, <laughs> he, he, he wouldn't have fallen to where he did in the That's NBA true. draft. Right. I know you're right. But so uh, he's a, he's a pleasure. So, but before we leave the Celtics, the question I have for both of you, Jeff, I'll start with you is with Edoka, um, as far as pushing the buttons, because if you take a look at the way they handled Durant, obviously he knows all about Kevin Durant. They mean, they, they salt him, you know, they had the answer for KD defensively. So Edoka is kind of getting credit for being a Jackson type guru, but what about his strategy? Is his strategy as a coach underrated? Well, I think what he's done is is kind of the new age uh, way of defending in, in, in basketball. If you can do it, if you have the right personnel, it's get long athletic dudes and switch everything yeah. defensively. And they have the right players for that, right? I mean, you've, oh, you've yeah. got Robert Williams as a big or Al Horford, two guys that can move. And, and Al is just so mm-hmm. cerebral, even if he's not 25 and super athletic, he's like the smartest dude on the floor at all times. So he's never going to be out of position. Robert Williams obviously was gifted athletically to be able to run and move like a guard. And then you got those long wings, right? Whoever it is, Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, you know, Grant's again, not athletic, but he's got decent size, decent size. And again, cerebral, I put Grant more in the, the, the kind of Al Hortford, you know, that that's kind of the type of player he is just knowing one step ahead. So I think you had the right personnel for Ime to be able to do this. And it's worked because a guy like KD never has a lot of space to work with when you right. switch like this. And the Celtics do a great job of even after switching, um, their, their, their rotations are good. They're, they're always kind of making up for each other's mistakes, even if they're not mistakes. They're, they're, they're making up for each other and being there for one another. And that's not something we saw really uh, over the last year or two. Even Tice fits into this discussion. Yeah. Yep. He's not anchored to the floor. He can get that's off right. the floor. He can move laterally. And he's not dumb. You know, he, he fits into yep. a degree. And they, Derek uh, White. And, they were, and then, thank you very much, the yep. two, which brings us to tr- trading deadline day. <laughs> you know, the, it, yep. it, it looks like a stroke of absolute genius oh. now. To, to, you know, they didn't bring in great players. They brought in useful players, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what they needed. And so um, locker room guys. So Brad Stevens, guys. So Brad Stevens gets some credit for this. Yes, he gets everybody sure. gets credit. Danny gets credit. After yeah. all, he had two back to back drafts of, you know, two of the third pick in the draft. And he maneuvered to get Tatum on a year when there was a number one that everybody thought was going to be the number one. And, uh, you know, and he was, but he did turn out his, his life. His that's career. actually I'll, I'll push back on that. I will push back on that a little bit. All right. Markel Fultz, yeah, at the end, everybody was like, oh, he should go number one. He should go number – there was a, a, a huge debate going in then, um, you know, to me, of, of who was the number one pick. I mean, 
I kind of fell prey to it at the end too, a little bit with Markel. Uh, but as you know, nobody was a bigger Jason Tatum fan than, than, than me. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people were wondering, all right, who, who, who should be the number one pick Lonzo, Markel Fultz or Jason Tatum? Well, I thought Bob, Bob was a Tatum guy. And I remember I was also doing a weekly segment with John Feinstein at the time. Shocking. I mean, but you know, he, he liked Tatum too, but Bob, didn't you like Tatum? I liked him, but I, I, I liked him, but I, I didn't, you know, I can't say nobody this. saw this coming. No, okay. All right. Probably yeah. myself and I don't know. Listen, I don't know if I'd say I'm that surprised. Like I am, but I'm not. You know, I'm surprised. Well, he, based Jeff, on, Jeff, Jeff, let me let me help you out. You know, he had the ability, right? Right. You just right. didn't know if he was able to put put, put to do correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, I, and I, part of it was who he was surrounded by. Right. You know. Yeah, the guys in Brooklyn. <laughs> situational. So much of it is situational. Who's your point guard? Who are you playing with? Again, I felt like this was a team that was full of non-ball movers because that's what they had shown us for so long that they were more, you know, a team based on on individuals and, and not moving the basketball and instead, you know, all being about ISO and doing it themselves. And then all of a sudden, man, Again, I'd still love to know exactly what triggered it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was probably a combination of things, but it has it has completely flipped. Yeah. Okay, guys, let's move on. Um, and injuries, I know Jeff wants to talk about injuries, which will probably uh, be in a lot of these topics. But Philly, to me, you know, Doc's got the heat on. You know, they got to close this sure. out. Now we have Bede again with a hand yeah. issue. And the thing with Bede, even when he's healthy, I'm always waiting for him to get hurt. You know, and so... How do we feel about Philly right now? And as we record this, they are up three two on Toronto. Bob, I'll let you go with that. Well, I'm um, I feel very nervous, and I say that, and and I have to have a full disclosure. I'm not neutral on Doc Rivers as a human being. I consider myself in his circle of, of good acquaintances. I, you know, I'm not going to say close friend. That's that's pompous. But we, but I like Doc. He's I like Doc as more. He's one of my favorite people that I've ever dealt with in the in the NBA. And and I fear if this happens again. And it's already probably going to be there forever with him. But if this ever happens again, there is no doubt that this is the way he's going to be remembered at, 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 for, as, as opposed to all his accomplishments, including winning a championship. This is going to stamp him because, I mean, Jeff, help me out on this too. And Can you think of any other guy in his 75 years to the league that's more associated with three-to-one collapses than, than, no, than Doc's teams? No, the interest no, in all. It's a bummer. Uh, we all love him. We all love the guy. <laughs> I one. think they'll hold on. But I do. I, this, is, I think, this is terrible. Yeah. I don't want it to happen. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, they, so, but it, it I, and the answer is, I, I don't know what it's all about. I have no idea. I don't understand. You know, and, and should it be all put on him? I, it's going to be on him, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, so I'm nervous. I want him to win. I, my God, I want him to win. I don't want him. I don't want to, I don't want to have to go to a seventh game with all the pressure that would be in Philadelphia either. And that would be a lot of pressure. Yep. I mean, you know, so I'm, I'm worried. I, I'm, so I'm, I'm very troubled by this, frankly. I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I, I think they hold on, but man, Embiid isn't the but same Embiid player with his, now, with his finger injury. Embiid thing is serious. Yeah. And here's the other thing, though, guys, just interesting. They look so good in the beginning. First two games, they look like the team to fear in the East. You know, that, that's well, they so- were my pick. They were my pick. Well, I, I think we I all overreact. I think I jumped right on that one, too, yeah. Yeah. I think I jumped right on that bandwagon. They look so good. And one of the reasons was because, once again, this is where your heart has to be, you know, put in check as opposed to your head. And that is the maxi thing. Maxi looks so good. And I'm, 
I'm claiming Maxie is a find, you know. I have this daughter. I have this with my daughter. We we kid about college. I, he's mine. I'm. I own Booker. No, I saw Booker first. I own Shebray. No, I saw Shebray first. I own. In this case, Maxie is mine. I I claim. I loved him in Kentucky. Champions and, Classic got you, Bob. Champion right out of the gates. He was terrific <laughs> that first game. And yeah, yes. listen. The problem with Maxie is um, he's not going for twenty or eighteen every night. And James Harden. Looks like he just got done playing at the YMCA these days. Yeah. He just does. I mean, he's just not the same player. Whether, again, it's the, the change in rules where he's not getting every call that he got or he's just older and, and he looks older. Whatever it is, James Harden could dominate a game and go for 40 any night, you know, three, four years ago. That is not – listen, he can't even get you 20 any night right now. So, with Embiid hurt – and with Harden being a shell of himself, and with Maxie, you not knowing what you're going to get, and Tobias Harris, same kind of deal right now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think they win this series and close it out because, you know, again, <laughs> they're, they're the better team. But if Toronto, they've got momentum now, who who knows at this point? And, and, and they, there's a muscle memory there about how they won a championship with the coach is still the coach. And, and certain guys, uh, uh, Siakam has decided – you know, the play, I mean, he's playing great. And, you know, uh, they, they got some people and, and, and they do have a coach and, and uh, they, yeah, I, I think they're a dangerous wounded, you know, wounded, but I mean, a, a fired up bunch right now. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, that there, there will be a, a difficult out for anybody if they get by this. I mean, they're, they're not going to get down easily and they're not going down easily now. So I don't know. I just hope it doesn't happen. I don't want to hear about it for, for, for doc. I just don't, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie about that. Okay, so what has been a terrific series so far? Let's go to Memphis and Minnesota. Oh. And, uh, you know, last night's game, the final, what a game. Of course, you know, the Grizzlies coming back, that's really not a surprise. You know, going into the, the fourth, like, this is no. not over. It's, it's the end. I, yeah, I mean, this is not over. We knew that. But while I want to give John Morant credit for those who watched, the, you know, saw the end of it, this was also the inexperience of Minnesota. You know, to me, the defense really kind of messed up on that one because if you give job that much room to get to the basket you gotta score you know so while i'm a huge job guy jeff goodman i think the inexperience and the over exuberance of minnesota cost them yeah i mean well both teams are inexperienced right i mean neither team has a bunch of dudes that have been there before so it's almost like all right who's the team with more poise and neither has showed a ton of poise in the series but you probably say hey i trust these guys in memphis more than I trust these guys in Minnesota, whether it's Cat, whether it's Anthony Edwards, whether, you know, whoever it is, you know, to me, I trust Desmond Bain more. I, I do. I mean, talk about a, a guy that, again, everybody was knocking him. He comes out of TCU and he's got short arms. So, you know, that's why he falls in the NBA draft, to be honest. Mm-hmm. If he had long arms, he probably would have went late lottery. Instead, he falls to the final pick of the first round. And, and Memphis gets a guy that just is all about the right things. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the difference between Memphis and Minnesota is for me. Memphis is based on culture already. They're young guys, but the Jaws, the Dylan Brookses, the Jalen Jacksons, the Desmond Baines, I go to Tyus Jones, all these guys to me are about winning and about team where I'm not sure you could say the same thing for Minnesota. I think these guys, Anthony Edwards, um cat to some degree are, are based more on individual play than talent 
talent. And that's why, um, you know, and Edwards is exhibit A. He could go off for 40 points. Well, he had a bonehead defensive play at the end, too. Yeah, but he could go off for 40 the next game, you know, and and turn it around. But I think you got – I think Memphis Memphis is a a, 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 – you know they're 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 a team with a, with a bullet. They're a team to watch and and, and to look. Their future is good. You know they're, if they can keep this group together, I think they're going to. You know and 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 obviously uh, they're they're excited. But we knew before the series this was targeted could be a a fireworks series, yeah. and it has been. You know to that degree uh, to, to some some degree a fireworks series. You get the jaw the jaw though. I mean, boy. <laughs> All right. So give me now. Give me now. If you, they asked me this last night on NBC Boston, not a list of top five, but give me your top five players in the NBA today. I know it's hard as hell, Bob. Oh. It, but they, they asked me, number is Tatum, All right, is Tatum in the top five today? Start with number I, one. Number one is Giannis. Yeah. Period. Yep. And, and, uh, don't be foolish enough to argue that, right? Don't number overthink one. it. Number one is Giannis. Number two healthy, or, or in the top five, also in the top five healthy, is Embiid. Embiid, yep. Agreed. Okay. Jokic, the three Somewhere MVP in there. candidates. Yep. yep. I'd say Morant. And right now, Tatum. Putting Tatum ahead of KD. Right now? Yeah, right now, yes. yeah. We just right saw now. it. Yeah. I don't know about, about decade, Jokic. Yeah, okay. Decade younger. <laughs> well, Jokic's problem is defensively. That's yeah. the problem for Jokic defensively. Well, you're right. Because he was, if, they played the offense-defense thing. If KD replaces just, anybody, it's Jokic. Okay, they they place the offense defense thing for people who don't know, which you, you, at that level is just not really a rare to see. But they saw it to get them out of the game in the end, in the last minute. They were playing that, which which you see in college a lot. Yeah. You see well, you, Bob, I want to get back to something you mentioned. You wanted to mention Trey Young. I mean, when yeah. we saw John Morant and Trey Young, they kind of came on the scene together. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't think you can compare the two. Well, Young should have a very long off season. I can tell you that it's going to be a, a lot of soul searching. I mean, we'll get to him. But there's no – how can you compare the two right now based on what we just what we saw last night as a microcosm? Well, the difference – here's the – the difference for me is Trey's such a liability in the defensive end. If he's not making shots, he's killing you. Where Ja is so athletic and, and bigger and stronger, even if he's not making shots from three, he's going to be able to take it to the basket and finish, number okay. one. And defensively, he, he's not great, but he's not a liability. And that's where, to me, Tatum gets in the top five is because of all those guys we talked about, he might be the most well-rounded of any player in the NBA. Right? Give me a more well-rounded player than Jason Tatum. Giannis. But he doesn't shoot it like Tatum. No, he doesn't shoot it like right, Okay, you're right. No, he doesn't shoot it like Tatum. Right? Like Tatum can oh, score oh, wherever you want him to score and however you want him to score. He well, can do that. Well, you can say that about Embiid, can't you? Yes. Yeah, kind of. He doesn't pass it as well as Tatum, but no, no, but he's, agreed. But shooting wise, it's, it's he's you know there's nothing, there's no yeah, but right. I mean, he, yeah, Embiid would be close. I just feel like if you put the prototypical best all around player in in the NBA and you put a picture of somebody right now, you're putting a picture of Jason Tatum there. Another guy to throw in the discussion is Booker. Yeah, he's terrific. Got to put him in this discussion. Yep. Yep. And, you know, and, and where's Steph? Where's a healthy Steph? Right, right. Yeah, he, right. Well, gotta, I mean, it's kind of the new guard. It's a lot of new names, you know. You mean the new sixth man of the year candidate? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the injuries. Well, I mean, you yeah. mentioned Booker. Oh. You've already talked about Middleton. Yep. So, Jeff, uh, you're hot on this. Uh, well, let's start with Booker and then, you know, the fact that it's really impacting the season this year. Yeah, I, I think overall, 
to me is is the key with this. It's almost kind of all right. The team that wins this whole thing might be the team that's the healthiest. And right now, you could argue that it's the Boston Celtics, right? Well, like with you got Robert Williams back. You haven't been healthy for two years. You've had somebody out. Well, Phoenix has got Booker. Milwaukee's got Middleton. Philly's got Embiid. Lowry and, and Jimmy Butler just sat out last night. Now, they didn't have to win it. They probably would have played if it had been a game seven, but they still sat out a, a, a huge game. Capella was out. Joe Harris was out for the Nets. Ben Simmons obviously didn't play. Denver is without Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. Yep. Uh, who am I well, forgetting? Golden State's back healthy again, right? Other than Wiseman, who, I, mean, who, right, who I know most people will not even value. But let Kevin, me tell James, you, if James Wiseman was healthy for two years, James Wiseman would be a problem right now and exactly what the doctor ordered. Let me put on my historical cap for a moment. Yeah. This is not a new phenomenon. Okay. This year, it's, it's, it's certainly accentuated this year. And I had, I've had injuries on my uh, top of my list to talk about a lot, okay, and, and, and the effect of it. But it, it, it just so often it's the case. Let's go back to 1958. And the reason why the Celtics didn't win 12 out of 13 instead of 11 out of 13. Is there anybody outside of St. Louis, Missouri, who actually thinks the Celtics wouldn't have won if Russell weren't hurt in 58? Come on, stop it. And it still took 50 points by the great Bob Pettit to beat them by two in game six with Russell limping around. Okay, forget that. I can fast forward 1967. Does anybody outside of Boston think that Philly might have, uh, excuse me, 68, might have prevailed if Billy Cunningham had missed the whole series against the Celtics uh, in 1968? Well, guess what? And then when, when they came from three to one down, first team ever to do that in the NBA, by the way, okay? Um, let's fast forward uh, to uh, 1983, the, uh, the 76ers and, and the uh, Lakers. James Worthy didn't play. I remember that one. Um, yeah. mm, thank you very much. Let's fast forward to 1989, the, the, uh, the Pistons versus the, the, the uh, uh, Lakers. Byron Scott is out, and the Magic gets hurt. They get swept. Magic was a shell. Scott wasn't even there. All right, I make my point, gentlemen, and I'm sure we can find many more examples in the 90s and the 10s. And the, it's always a possibility. But sure. ne- I'll say this, though, Jeff, you're right. Never so all-pervasive. Crazy. I was well, citing look, one specific example of a team, usually in the finals, and we are talking about a every cloud team. hanging over both conference playoffs in the first round. Yes, and every team is affected. Put the All Star team together that we're talking about right yeah. now. I'd like to play. I'd like to put that team on the floor. I'd like well, to take Embiid and Booker and yeah. and uh, Lowry and Butler Middleton. And, uh, and Middleton? Lonzo Ball's out in Chicago. Right. Yeah, right. I'd like Lonzo's to do that. Out. I think that team would be pretty I mean, good. how about AD? I mean, the thing, like what Jeff mentioned. Luca was like, hurt. Know. Hey, Luca was hurt. Could Luka. that cost them a series? There we go. So, yeah, it's right. really been. Van Vliet. Never. Hey, Van Vliet's hurt. I mean, every team. Much. Every team has. I feel <laughs> like every team has one of their top two players that's either been hurt. And the Celtics, like I said. They're, which is crazy because all they've talked about is injuries, injuries, injuries for the last two years. They, they may honestly be, be <laughs> yeah. the ones who benefit the most when it matters most. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It, it, if nothing else happens. And, right. And, but then again, but that, but you're so right to say it, it is, it is I the mean, story. It's almost the story of the play. And the number right now, the number one story to playoffs is the demise of the Nets. The outside world is not looking at this as much as the Celtics were great, as much as the Nets suck. 
and the Nets screwed up, and and well, then you know, and all that. Most the outside world is is looking at it that way, and that, you know, it was inevitable. Yeah. But uh, that's the number one story. But the number two story is the fact that there's so many people were hurt. Uh, I do want to. I forgot to mention this earlier. When we were talking about the Nets. Jeff raised a good question, Bob. I mean, is Nash the right guy to coach this team? Well, I think that's being questioned right now. A lot, definitely being questioned. Remember when he got the job without coaching credentials? He got the job on on on, on reputation of being a great multi all uh, a Hall of Fame player and a multi MVP and a, and a good guy and a smart guy, but never having coached. He didn't have any answers for them. Um, no, I mean it. It could. He may not be, and he may. He may pay the price. You know, who knows how Joe Sy is going to react or how. The, do you think he cares, Bob? Bob, ultimately, in a way, do you think Steve Nash secretly like is thinking like, man, I hope they fire me. I don't want to deal with this crap again. I'm sure this is not what he envisioned. No, I'm sure very definitely not. And and and, and I don't want to take be the fall be the fog. I mean, he might. Hey, who knows? He might jump before he gets pushed and and say, I don't need this shit. You know, and and he doesn't. <laughs> by the way, Steve Nash doesn't need that. No, he does not. And, um, and he's the most positive dude. I talked <laughs> to somebody who, who's very close uh, with that staff and everything. And they said, this guy is the most positive human being in the world. So if anybody can deal with all the drama over the last couple of years, it is Steve Nash. But at some point you look at it and you say, all right, if, if KD and Kyrie can't listen and, uh, and learn and respect a guy who's a two-time MVP, MVP. and eight-time NBA All-Star. Who the hell are they going to respect? Magic? I mean, who who are you going to bring in? Remember what we, you know? I like to go back to what people like, same with Brady when Brady gave the interview with Jim Gray and said, "Ask about whether he was appreciated," and said, "I plead the fifth. And you know, people should have right then and there, you know, been all put on notice while something was going on in Foxborough when you you because he's so crazy you know you when Kyrie Irving said that we don't need a coach you don't need a coach um just just file that one away Incredible. in the back of your head right. for any coach walking into that job he should be made aware of, of and and you know what take Kyrie at his word well also though we've seen especially in the NBA to me you have guys that have had great careers that have been all you know hall of fame <laughs> careers and you know can can coaching match Anything that Steve Nash has experienced. I mean, like Jeff just said, why would Steve Nash care? Eight-time All-Star, two-time MVP. I mean, at one point, the guy was a human highlight film of the NBA, right? The only thing, I mean, he didn't get a title. So, um, you know, is this going to really hurt Steve Nash? Probably not. So that brings my question to you, Bob Ryan, is, you know, other than Larry Bird, when, you know, with the Pacers, Mm -hmm. and they did go to the finals, is this another example of why usually – a Hall of Fame type player doesn't make a great head coach. The reason I don't want to sign on to that is the specific nature of this circumstance because you're talking about Kyrie Irving being involved. Right, it's not fair. And you can't so judge there, Steve there's Nash. never been a comparable person, really, of consequence in this league with the complicated nature of yeah. Kyrie Irving That's right. that you have to deal with. And and so I have to say I can't you know throw him in that category. But as you would be just as you were speaking, I'm thinking about the great players, the truly great, the Hall of Fame level players the great ones who have attempted coaching this and thinking about who's been successful. And there was no career like the Larry birds, Larry bird, who said in the beginning, I'm coaching three years. That's it. And he, and he goes to one fine, he misses out 
20 seconds, one getting to one files on a jump ball that he'll, he, he still regrets that he didn't think he lined the guys up proper, pro, uh, properly against the Bulls. I mean, really, he takes the blame for this. And, and, he, and he gets to a finals with a team that had no chance to win, but he got to the finals, and then he quit. In three years, as he said, he did the job. He did the job, okay? Elgin Baylor was a terrible coach. Jerry West, and the one, one of the things in winning time that I have to say is, is reasonably true is Jerry West was not a good coach and, and, and knew he wasn't a good coach and didn't want to coach. Okay, that's fine. Um, Bill Russell won two championships with himself as the, the key player. That always helps. You know? and, <laughs> yeah, that, that was not fair. Yeah, yeah. He did a I serviceable mean... job in Seattle, and he got him to the playoffs twice, and he also had a good eye for talent, young talent. Okay, but uh, Willis Reed, eh, you know, eh, we can go on and on, you know. Uh, but Steve Nash, I hate to judge him on this one. This is an abnormal team, a circumstance, you know. And, I hate and to judge I, as we wrap it up, gentlemen, and I know Jeff is winning timed out, but I'm only going to say one thing. Oh, no. I'm going to say one thing. And I don't know if Bob has continued on, um, but I'm updated on the series. Jerry West is the reason Showtime existed. He is because of what Bob just said. I just want to say that right now. The fact that he stepped down, the the fact that he hired Jack McKinney, and the conversations he had with Magic Johnson, Jerry West is the reason the 80s Lakers were so... I mean, he's the beginning. That's all I'm saying. And it's depicted well in this series, and he gets that credit. All right, I'm just going to say one thing, Jeff. You can put your hands over your ears, but really, you don't have to. It's not going to be that bad. Yes, Gary, I've gotten through episode seven. Okay, I've gotten through episode seven. And I read the book in the, this week. I read the entire book. The book is magnificent. I, rec- I recommend the book to any basketball fan uh, uh, who, who, who lived through it or who wants to learn about what it was really all about. Yeah. The book, Showtime, Jeff Perlman, I highly recommend. Okay, period. And uh, I'm going, and I'm going to, I am writing for the, upcoming Sunday Globe and I'm unloading Jeff <laughs> I'm unloading and I have, I'll, I'll put forth my, my feeling about the whole thing and which includes my feeling about the book which should be read but uh, yes so I'm, I'm keeping up uh, yeah. okay I just thought that was interesting No, because I, I, I never knew that I mean West he, there, there's he, one line he, in there <laughs> I just have to say this because it's a great line the, the, the character of Jason and there's some truth to this in in, in in order to be like to, to reach the pinnacle of these athletes, there's some truth in what he says. And it actually made me think of Belichick. The West character to play by Jason Clark says to Magic Johnson, happy is overrated. <laughs> well, that would be that would be a very classic Jeff uh, Jerry West. Jerry West. Happy is overrated. <laughs> Misery gets you wins. And I'm going to watch this once, once, once the NBA playoffs. Once the NBA playoffs are over or there's not a million games on every night, uh, then I will get to it. Right yeah. now, it's hard for me to watch because there's an NBA game on uh, right. every night, all night. So until we start to get deeper in the playoffs and there's not as much on, that's when I'll watch yeah, it. I, I, but I, more, I, I thought of Belichick with that. Can I throw know? one more topic quickly out there? Sure. Uh, because this involves the world that you well know better, far better than I. Uh, that is that Jay Wright has unofficially opened the door to a possible – career in the nba he said i don't um, i need to get away right now I, I i know i did the right thing leaving villanova yeah. i know i can't bring the same energy and enthusiasm and and and, and everything to the to the job that i should and i and i'm but but i'm not but he's infatuated with the nba he did in fact was assistant coach with pop on the usa team yeah. 
he, he, he enjoyed his experience. He's, he's a young 60. That, that he's a is. young 60. Yeah. And, and, uh, and physically and emotionally, mentally, the whole package. Um, so I'm just throwing out there. We, we may have something to talk about. Here's the old 61. Here's the thing, Bob, with Jay Wright. Jay Wright saw the handwriting on the wall. Okay, he saw where this was going with the transfer portal, even though he didn't have to deal with it personally and where NIL is. There's a kid, I don't know if you saw this. There's a kid uh, from Kansas State named Nigel Pack. He was a leading scorer, averaged about 17 points a game for a team in which their coach got fired, Bruce Weber. They were under 500 last year. He went in the transfer portal and he signed a deal for $400,000 each of the next two years to go to Miami, and he also got a car. This big booster in Miami has been John Ruiz is his name. He owns uh, uh, a couple different companies uh, down there. Lawyer, uh, got a ton of money. Billionaire, billionaire. And he is basically paying football players and basketball players in excess. Isaiah Wong signed a deal. He was one of the players who helped take Miami to the Elite Eight this past year. He signed a deal for $100,000 an NIL deal a couple of weeks ago. Well, he's going to re- renegotiate now. He's going to make more than 400. So these players that are good players, not great players, we're not talking even Oscar Sheepway, Hunter Dickinson, that level type player. They're going to be making, and they're, they're just going in the portal, a kid named Baylor Shireman. He went to South Dakota State you last tweet. year. Terrific player. Terrific player. I, I would be shocked if, if he doesn't end up transferring and getting in excess of $400,000 a year from whether it's some guy like John Ruiz, a Miami booster, or some other booster, and they just call it NIL, but it's pay-for-play. Sure. Well, you knew this was going to happen, right. and you knew it was going to happen in, in the South, in the Southeastern Conference in football, and you knew it's going to – oh, yeah. I mean, it's all I – mean, Jane, it, it doesn't need this. It, it, and suddenly, what's he got to prove it going over? Now, now I said, oh, we, oh, we know that's why Roy Williams got out right away. We know that. I saw it coming. We know Smart the, move. Yeah, yeah. So it's a changing world, which leads us to Mark Emmert. But that's a topic for another day uh, and another season. And uh, um, we just applaud it. Can I do that? I don't need to say anything. But can we applaud the the retirement of Mark Emmert? You speak for you. You clap for many. I know that. (laughs) Everybody, (laughs) not many. Everybody. (laughs) But anyway, that's we'll get to that. All right, guys. We're we're, we're focused on the NBA and the playoffs. A lot of great stuff we've seen. A lot of great stuff coming. Uh, and uh, you know, let's get healthy, everybody, damn it. I don't want That's people right. crying in their beer about not having players. And we'll keep an eye on Jay Wright, and I think he's crazy if he takes an NBA game. Well, but I, he'll I, get I, paid, I, and he'll age quickly. If if Philly – listen, if Philadelphia, the 76ers, open in a year or two, I don't know if he takes it today. I think he'd like the year off, but maybe. I mean, that's the job that I've talked to him about for years. I don't know, but if if the Sixers go hard after Jay Wright, I, man, it might be a tough decision for him to say no. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Very good, guys.